I don't know where you are in life right now or where it is you want to go. But if you are a curious soul like me, I know this about you. You are searching for greatness in life. You desire financial freedom. And you ask yourself daily how you can master success in business without wasting years of your life. On this show, we're going to interview all the leading experts and influencers in the fields of marketing, mindset, and sales to expose all the tips and tricks you need to accelerate your business and amplify your success. My name is Reem Kharbat, and this is the Entrepreneur Accelerator. What's up, beautiful people? Thanks for tuning in to a new episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator podcast. This is Reem, and I really gotta tell you that this episode is so special to me at so many levels. You know, it proves to me over and over again that in order for us to reach where we want to be in this life or for us to achieve something, sometimes all we need to do is simply ask. I've said this before and I'm saying it again and I cannot stress on how important is this because most of us hide behind our own excuses. Sometimes we hide behind the assumptions that we will get no as an answer. And as an entrepreneur, sometimes we don't have to ask just once. Maybe you have to ask once, twice or three times. Sometimes you just simply, you don't have to give up until you get what you really want. This episode proves this because my guest I've asked him um, to be on this show and I was really excited and I was really I was thinking on how can I reach to him and speak with him because I really I was like really excited and I really wanted to talk to him and have him on the show he did not answer the first time and you know sometimes you feel like okay this is not a good indication like why would he answer you but then I sent him maybe after a week and he simply said yes and and I was so happy I was really really happy so do not give up guys just keep trying and um, my guest is the CEO and founder of Grenade, which is a leading sports nutrition supplements company in UK and all over the world, you know. Their first attempt at a fat-burning formula was so effective that an army friend described the results as explosive, just like a grenade. And from there, the name Grenade was born and trademarked. With Alan Barrett, we'll be talking about how did he start with this business and how it took him 10 years to reach where he is right now as one of the fastest growing companies in the UK and in the world. So without further ado, and yeah, just let me let me tell you that unfortunately, we had some technical problems in this interview, but who cares? We just did it and it was great. And Alan shared with us a lot of amazing information. So I hope that you'll enjoy it as much as I did. I was super excited for it. And I really hope that you will get all the value that Alan shared with us. So without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to this episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator with Alan Barrett. Enjoy. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator. This is your host, Dream. And today, I'm super, super excited to have my guest, Alan Barrett, the CEO and founder of Greenade. And for those of you who don't know what Greenade is, let me tell you something, people. You missed so much. You haven't tasted the chocolate chip salted caramel bar, the, the carb killer. You are insane. Seriously. So um, Grenade is one of the UK fastest growing companies featured in the Sunday Times Fast Track Top uh, 100 in 2014 all the way to 2017 with customers all over um, over 80 countries and over 200 uh, trademarks. Alan, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm super excited, honestly. You know, you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. We're both very busy, so it's difficult to organize, but we are here now. And I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, telling you a bit of the story, answering your questions and learning more about you as well. That's awesome. Seriously. I'm really happy and, I'm, and I cannot wait to share... Um, I know you have a great story. So, and uh, with the theme of, of my podcast, which is the Entrepreneur Accelerator, I always ask one question to most of my guests, which is what is your number one thing or advice to entrepreneurs on how to accelerate their business success? What was the thing that helped you make it that big fast? Okay, so I guess it depends on what your definition of fast is. We, we had our 10th birthday last month, not me personally, I'm 43, but the brand had its 10th birthday last month. And I guess, you know, 10 years is a long time in business. Um, some might say, others might say it's not a long time. Um, it certainly, we didn't get here by accident. It's been a lot of hard work and it still is a lot of hard work and a lot of risk. Um, I guess I don't really feel that we've done this quickly. Um, but, I mean, I, I, you know, would you disagree? Do you think that this has been a, a meteoric rise? I mean, bearing in mind, I guess, we started with £500, my wife and I, in 2010. Oh, wow. And then in we were down to £27 at one point, so about $40. Um, we thought we'd lost the house. We kind of thought we'd lost everything. Uh, we dug in. We didn't take a day off for four years. We didn't take a salary for four years. We have no children, so we just literally worked every day and it was just the, just the two of us. And then by 2017, the business was valued at 72 million pounds, so about $100 million. So we sold some shares and, 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 then, and then carried on. So we still own 30% of the business. Uh, we don't really know what the business is now worth, potentially three times or, or more, that 70 million hopefully, but we want to build a billion dollar brand. So. Uh, and we think we can probably do that in the next five years in terms of, uh, you know, retail sales globally. Um, so, yeah, number one tip for doing it quickly, I guess, could we have done this faster? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the, the, the number one product we're known for is the Carb Killer Bar, which you mentioned, but we launched Carb Killer five years ago, this month, actually. Um, so I guess out of our 10-year journey, only five of it has been with Carb Killer, which is what we're known for globally. Mm. So I guess we can kind of half that 10 years down to five. But if we'd have launched Carb Killer from day one, would it have worked? I don't think it would have done. I don't think the timing would have been right. 
Um, and I think the, the, the first five years of Grenade, you know, we, we are a sports nutrition brand. We make high performance, specialized sports nutrition products uh, for the military specifically, but also for everyone else, Olympic athletes, people who are really serious about training. And I think it was actually doing that and I think being very meaningful to a select few very serious people gave us the credibility to launch Carb Killer and just from, the, just from day one, people know that Grenade stood for quality, stood mm. for something that was different, it had integrity, it was trusted. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, if, the, the number one thing for doing it quickly, I guess do what we did, I mean, just don't take a day off, absolutely mm. commit to it, do nothing else other than just have that singularity of purpose um, and, and frankly, just give it your all. We did all the shows, we sampled lots, we built a great team both here in the building of, of people that work here, global ambassadors, global retailers, global supply chain. You know, if, if we are awake, we're working. And, and, and that would be kind of my suggestion to anyone who wants to build a business. Yeah. Either do it well or don't do it, but don't half do it. I think people think you can turn businesses up and down depending mm. on whether or not you want to go on holiday or what the kids are doing or uh, other priorities, but I just don't think you can. I think you have to be working harder than everyone else. Um, everyone's snapping at our heels, so it's up to us to disrupt, not only the industry, but disrupt ourselves and keep pushing forward all the time to the point that, you know, if we lose our, our number one position in the market and we've got nearly 50% market share, if we lose that wow. number one position in the market, we've really only got ourselves to blame. Um, so I think, yeah, wow. absolutely do it to the very, very best of your ability. And again, do it as quickly as possible. Make really quick, make quick decisions and stick by them. Decision, you've got a kind of failure and embracing failure. People are scared mm. to fail. And I think that's Definitely. what that slows people down. They're so terrified of failure. Uh, they become very slow and very ineffective. Failure is not a bad thing. Failure is brilliant. As long as it's quick, as long as it's quick and you learn. Um, then failure is your friend. If failure takes years and it's long drawn out and painful, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's, it's the worst thing that can happen to you. Um, so recognize failure quickly and adapt. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, seriously. The, oh, my question, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's amazing. You know why? Because somehow it's different from most of other people who would say, um, like especially in the online uh, entrepreneurship, I've met a lot of on, online uh, um, entrepreneurs uh, building, you know, sometimes uh, uh, building the knowledge business uh, online or they having their brands just online, not on the offline world. And especially now people think that it's so easy to become, uh, let's say a millionaire or to build a business or uh, to maybe you can build a business quickly or maybe you can have a quick win but you cannot sustain and this is what i'm looking for to teach and help other people in how to build a business and sustain did you have a help from a coach or someone how did you start okay i have a lot of questions in here <laughs> so let's 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 begin with how did you become an entrepreneur in the first place. I, I know that you left school. You did not have a full or formal education, right? Okay, yeah. So uh, the, I think there's three questions in here. I think there's how to become an entrepreneur. I'd love to answer your online, offline question as well, just while we're talking about speed of growth. 
uh, and also mentors and coaches. So, right, I'll take them in no particular order. Um, the, the speed of growth, you said something interesting actually about online and offline businesses, because there's a, there's a fundamental difference here. Uh, yes, you can build an uh, on, online business, purely online business, much quicker than we did because you're talking directly to the consumer and you control the speed of the growth pretty much by how fast you work and how fast you do stuff. Uh, and that's critical today. And Grenade's unusual because it is, we have, we have about 20% of our businesses online. We've got a global partnership with Amazon, for instance, and it's growing very quickly. Um, but my business, because we have an, an FMCG brand, that's fast moving consumer goods like you know, Coke, Pepsi, chocolate, snacks, things like that. Mm -hmm. So very high turnover product that you want to find in lots of locations. Um, being online with a snacking brand doesn't really help you because when you're hungry and walking through an airport, going on the internet's not going to help you. So we have to be in retail and that's the slow bit. Retail is very, very, very slow to adapt. They don't have elastic shelves. So for, for us to get our product into you know, a, and I think all locations are sexy, but let's say a sexy location in an airport, for instance, where there is, you know, a Hudson News or a WH Smith, or, you know, one of these um, news agent travel channels that have a very, very, very small offering of product. And you, we can all, we all know what's in there, you know, water, soft drinks, um, sandwiches, uh, newspapers and, and some entertainment stuff. Then to get in there, for us to get in, something's coming out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what do they want to take off their shelves? Do they want to remove water? Do they want to remove Coke? Of course they don't. So that's the bit that takes time. So we built our business through specialty channels first. So specialized locations, GNC, Holland and Barrett, places you'd actually go and expect to find protein bars, built the business there, then transitioned, kept all those channels, but then transitioned into your everyday locations like your gas stations and the places that you're seeing it in, in Saudi Arabia and, and Jordan, for instance. So that, that has a big impact on, on speed of growth because we can only go as, move as quickly as those retail channels like, you know, Tesco, Carrefour, um, yeah. you know, that they take time. They have range reviews probably once a year. So you've probably got, you know, in, in, the, in the history of Grenade, if they have a range review once every year, we've had 10 chances to get in that store from that and for the first three four years no one's interested in you because you're not proven so mm -hmm. you have to make the most of those opportunities and gain store so that that's kind of the online offline piece um uh, coaching and mentoring uh, yeah i'm kind of quite a big believer in that and i do get asked 50 times a day to mentor people and unfortunately i just don't have have time i do look after a couple of entrepreneurs uh, for the virgin network i'm a mentor for virgin startup because uh, although I don't get one-on-one -on -one coaching, Richard Branson had always been uh, a kind of a, a mentor to me, just seeing how he conducted himself in business and the things that he did. I think people think that you have to know a mentor, which actually I do know Richard now, but you don't actually have to know a mentor to be inspired by them and to learn from them. So but I also think as well, and actually somebody asked me this two days ago, they said, can I, can I mentor him? It's like, I can't, I don't have time. Um, but I said, you don't need someone who's got a massive business or who is well known uh, to mentor you. You just need someone that knows more than you do, which to a certain extent, when you start off in business, is probably most people. So anyone that's had a business before can be your mentor because learn from them. You know, I mean, 
people always say you should learn from your own mistakes, which you should, but it can be quite time consuming and exactly. costly. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be better to learn from someone else's mistakes? So um, I surrounded myself with people who ran successful businesses years ago, up to 30 years ago, and just learned from them all sorts, how they treated people, how they ran their diary, how they prioritized time, um, the importance of having a world-class product, brand or service, uh, how they uh, you know, interact with others, how they treated failure, how they learned to handle stress. All this stuff's really important because I guarantee you there isn't one person in the world that knows the answer to all these things. You know, if you ask Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, they'll know a lot, but they'll have the same problems the rest of us have, just on a different scale. Um, so that's kind of the coach and mental question. And then thirdly, how did I become an entrepreneur? Well, my family, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty unemployable. So I have worked for other people, but I'm kind of like a bit of a whirlwind. So <laughs> most people can't up. So I think I was always going to work for myself. And um, I have... Uh, people it's quite dyslex it's quite common with people like being dyslexic and that in, in, in business nowadays and I, I I don't have that but I do think I'm very much on the on the spectrum as most entrepreneurs are and I just see things differently and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad but I think you have to learn how to take the good part of that and I think that's kind of the elements of, 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 of disruption so uh, my my family had a a mechanics business they used to maintain heavy goods vehicles this was my dad my uncle and my granddad they worked exceptionally hard uh, they with the exception of my dad my uncle and my granddad both died at work my granddad went blind at 82 and carried on working mm. uh, my uncle uh, had a, a stroke and still went into work he was 74 years old and then he died at work and uh, my dad at the time was 60 and my dad would definitely have gone the same way. They were just all workaholics um, and had their own business, but they actually never made any money. So I, I, I think I, well, I know I definitely got my work ethic from seeing them work hard, but with one difference. And I said, actually, if I'm going to work hard, I'm going to have something to show for it. Because uh, to be honest, they, they never did. I've actually made up from that. I, I bought my dad's business off him when he was 60 so he mm. could retire. I shut the business the following day because I didn't want the business, but I wanted him to have a retirement. So that was 17 years ago. And, uh, and my dad is still, you know, still around and kicking and enjoying his retirement. But he would have carried, I mean, he would be dead. He would have carried on working until, you know, for as, for as long as, as he could. So I think that's kind of how and why I became uh, an entrepreneur, um, just kind of by default. And I've always had some hustle. I've always been able to look at things and buy and sell. We call it wheeler dealing in the UK. Mm -hmm. So I've always been able to uh, kind of communicate with people and uh, kind of be a good middleman, um, be able to connect people. And someone said to me once, in fact, two of the, two of the things that stick out to me that people have said to me over the years, uh, some, one of these many years ago, someone said to me, oh, you've got the Midas touch. Anything you do, you can just, you can just turn it into gold. Uh, <laughs> that was something someone said. Um, and, and I don't know if that's true, but it was a nice thing to say. And uh, something else someone said was, uh, I don't know how you do this, Al. You could buy something for £10, you could sell it for £5, and yet somehow you've made money. Oh, wow. <laughs> said that, yeah, said that as well. Uh, and I, again, I was just, I had a distribution business, and uh, it kind of shouldn't have succeeded the way I did it, but it, it did. So I just think that you know if you can defy convention and do things differently 
And I think that's really powerful. And if you, if you look at someone like Richard Branson, he's a genius at that. People like mm. him and it's that simple. And he's super humble. And I think if you go into a business situation and, you know, the timing is right, because I'm a big believer in timing, then, uh, yeah, if people like you, they're just more likely to kind of help you. And we, we're in this an underdog story at the moment where we've, we're actually now competing with the world's biggest chocolate brands, all mm. of whom we look up to. You know, I grew up with Cadbury's Chocolate um, in the UK because Cadbury's is in Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. So I've got lots of family and friends that work at Cadbury's. And my sales director is the former managing director of Cadbury's as well. Wow. Um, and as much as we like them, you know, we, we, we compete with them. But we're offering something different. If we just created a regular chocolate bar and put it next to them, why would a consumer bias? You know, they've, they've got Cadbury's and it's a, it's a British institution. It's a 100-year-old brand. So we put something next to Cadbury's that's different. You know, if you, and I, I eat chocolate myself, but I don't want sugar. Sugar is the enemy. So if I want chocolate and I don't want sugar, I'm not picking up a regular chocolate bar. I'm going for one of our protein bars that has got lower calories, less sugar, and it's got protein. So it's not healthy compared to a, a dry chicken salad, but it's healthier than a chocolate bar. And it's just that simple. We just created something alternative for consumers put it in the same location that they've been buying the other stuff for many years and then inject that personality into the brand, work hard, have fun, take risks, and then consumers either buy you or they don't. It's kind of quite a simple thing. When we were chatting offline earlier and you kind of, one of the things that you said is you love the simplicity of Grenade. And yeah, it's a very complicated brand. We make very complicated products, but we do try and convey it in a very, simple way i am a massive fan of simplicity and i learned that from richard branson you know he actually gets quite frustrated if people overcomplicate things because business doesn't have to be that complicated so it just comes back to what you can learn of other people um and it, you know it isn't it isn't that hard uh, i'm a massive believer in timing like we said earlier so i think that every product has a has a time when it's got the best chance of doing well and Clearly, you know, in, in, in 2020, people are more health conscious. So mm. this is the time potentially for a brand like Grenade to do extremely well. Uh, and it is. But I really hope we, can, hope we can build something iconic like, you know, Coca-Cola and that it will still be around for many years to come and that people still, you know, enjoy eating it as much as we enjoy making it. Awesome. You made me have a lot of questions. Seriously, I don't know how can that fit in. in yeah, we've, only got, we've only got about five minutes left. I, mean, I told you 20 minutes wouldn't be enough. Um, <laughs> seriously. You, seriously. You, you, can have, you can have one more question. Oh my God. Okay, no, no, wait. And then if you listen to like it, maybe we do a part two. We have to, seriously, we have to, because I, I, I seriously, I don't know from where to start now, but, but, but let's, let's talk about one marketing strategy or tip that we can help the listeners to at least learn from you. So we were talking yep. offline about the carp killer and the concept or the name. How did you come up with such a name, which is it immediately grabs the attention and, and, and speaks the language of, of the average seller. As we said, that protein bars and, and the, um, let's say, nutrition in, uh, industry, it's not an easy thing for the average consumer to understand and to digest, you know? Yeah. So we need something that um, we want to eat and we don't want to think about the, the ingredients and how it's made. But when you 
named the 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 protein bar as a carb killer and now as i said before like we're in the age of keto diets and every everybody hates carbs and we don't want carbs we don't know what is carbs but we just hate it you know because everybody is telling us to hate carbs so how what what was let's say what was your marketing secret uh how did you come up with such a name and uh, is there like was there any intentions or plans behind behind it yeah absolutely always i mean it was it was through necessity actually and, and to, before i explain the carb killer name and why we, we we call it that name it's probably worth actually talking about our weight loss product because we had which is um uh, it's called Thermodetonator. We sell the number one selling weight loss product here in the UK as well, which is in a grenade bottle. So that's the first product we launched. And because we are a basic food company, although it's sports nutrition, it's classified as, as food. So because it's classified as food, you're not allowed to make medical claims. The minute you start making claims about weight loss, for instance, you're kind of, you're no longer a food. You're actually now starting to be classed as medicine. So then if you're going to then become a medicine, a medical brand, you have to start getting authorized um, use of certain claims. You can only be sold in certain locations, so like, kind of like pharmacies, and you really limit the, the, the business. So, you know, we, we, had a, we have a, a, fat, a fat burner, basically a weight loss product, which is a very effective weight loss product, and it's sitting in a, you know, in a grenade bottle, and it's called Grenade. So it looks pretty serious, but nowhere on that bottle does it say it's a weight loss product? Because we aren't allowed to say that. So we came up with the phrase, declare war on fat. Because by saying declare war on fat, it's very clear, it's a grenade bottle, mm -hmm. and you're actually, but to, to declare war on fat is not a claim. It makes no sense whatsoever. How can you declare war on fat? It's not a real thing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, to sum it up, we're a really serious sports nutrition brand who don't take ourselves seriously so by saying declare war on fat kind of makes it fairly clear really what it what it does without saying what it does because it's open to interpretation so because that was kind of successful we had the same issue with carb killer bar so uh, that's why we came up with that specific phrase for thermodetonator and then with carb killer for instance uh, we are not allowed to say it's a low carb bar so how can you infer that? And carbs, by the way, are not the enemy. Um, it's excess calories that are the enemy. But if you have a low carb bar, a low sugar bar, and we do say low sugar on the product anyway, but to kind of infer it's, it's, it's what it is, we just came up with carb killer and it kind of fits our military theme of thermodetonator and grenade and 50 caliber. And it kind of fits. So it was just kind of a natural evolution, really. Um, and that's, that's how we actually came up with that name. And awesome. The, just the last thing, that's the last question, promise. The, the, the name Greenade, how did you come up with the name Greenade? Or why is it so m military? Are you into military? Do you love this thing? Like, why is everything... So I'm a big fan of military stuff. I've always been interested in military. I get that from my dad. And... Uh, so I've always been, and I very nearly joined the army years ago. So, and, and a, a number of reasons with Grenade, actually. We wanted to make product for military personnel because no one else was. So, um, and to do that, you know, we wanted something that they would, uh, it would, would resonate with them. And because it's a very copycat industry, we wanted a name 
that was very strong and impactful and worked worldwide that, we, that was protectable. So we can actually protect that name. And the nice thing is, you know, and, and Nike, for instance, have all these sorts of issues with, you know, the Nike tick and protecting things. But a grenade is either a grenade or it's not. So it's kind of very easy from a trademark perspective to protect it. Mm. Someone has either infringed on it or they haven't. Um, and the, uh, the, the specifically with uh, grenade as well, we wanted something that people could remember. And everyone knows what a grenade is. You can go to any country in the world and a you know six, seven, eight-year-old child would know what a, what a grenade is, know that logo. So it's kind of well known. So it, it's just again, a great way to be very memorable on the shelves where most brands were very scientific sounding names that people just couldn't remember. Um, yeah. So if you've seen our product in, in, on, in a store, you'll remember it. And most brands you won't. That's so true. So, 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 so true. Uh, absolutely awesome. I wish I can ask you more because I really have a lot of questions for you. Uh, I'm just scared because the connection is not so good. So um, uh, if there is anything that you can tell my audience, like uh, last advice, last tip, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I wish I can t talk more, but how can we well, help... How can we help listeners or how can we help entrepreneurs? If you have like any tip strategy, do you have a routine? Do you have, a, I don't know, what is the advice if you want to help someone uh, struggling in his business and wants to kick off and make it big? I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of things I, I do or I would say that probably aren't specifically clever or unique to me. Uh, I have routine in some respects. So I have routines around... Kind of training and, and, and working hard but I'm not the best person to ask about work-life balance because if I'm awake I'm working I'm just one of those people so <laughs> I, I haven't really mastered the art of work-life balance yet but I think one thing that I would, I would say and no one ever talks about this I would say make sure you're consistent with what you do because you know if you work hard for a day a week or a month what does that mean you know I've worked hard for 30 years consistently hard so if I haven't got somewhere after 30 years of working hard I've done something very very wrong and I think people don't necessarily understand consistency they get frustrated after probably you know, certainly a lot less than 30 years if you pushed a business idea for you know a month or six months or a year at what point would you give up and to be honest we never gave up and the harder things had got or the harder things get and the more negative people said it won't work, it just kind of made us do it all the more. In fact, Jules and I, and my wife, we had a saying when someone would be negative, we used to say that someone else was going to prove wrong. And maybe that's not a very uh, healthy way to, to drive a business, but it was a very powerful motivator for us because I don't like being wrong. And I would hate someone to have said to me, oh, we, to we told you that wouldn't work. So no one's ever been able to say that to me. We told you that wouldn't work because we make it work. So I'd probably say that, but that's probably quite unique to me. But if your listeners have enjoyed this as well, I'm sure we, I'm sure we can do a round two. Let's see how this one goes. Yes. And I can always come back yes. there within the backstory. But let's call this part one. And then uh, yes. if, if there's more stuff we, you want to talk about, we can come back and we can do another version. So let's see. Uh, let's see. Put it to the vote with your listeners. I will. I will. Awesome. Thank you so much, at least for, for giving me a hope that we can, I can talk to you again, because seriously, you left me with so many things to ask. And Write to them just, all down. 
listen back and write them all down. <laughs> I will, uh, I will. Just one, one, one final thing for me as well, for you, my advice to you as well, and, and congratulations to you for being a disruptive entre entrepreneur, can't say that word, entrepreneur in your own right, and doing things that have not been done before and challenging stereotypes and doing things that I'm sure over the months and years, people said, especially with where you live, that they can't be done. So good for you for doing things that actually have traditionally not been done before and proving everyone wrong. Thank you so much. You made my day with this. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ellen, for being here with me. Um, for those of you who want to know more about Ellen, you can check uh, his page on LinkedIn. Uh, I will put all the details in the show notes. Um, if they want to get to know you more or if they want to find your products or anything about to know more about Grenade, uh, where, they, where can they find you? Uh, or if there's something... Sure, yeah, so I'm, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, Alan Barrett. Uh, we are on Instagram, we're on all the big platforms. Our website is grenade.com. If you want to get more entrepreneurial, uh, I wouldn't say it's advice, but entrepreneurial stories, and we call it business, brand, and banter, we have our own podcast, the Grenade podcast, which is called Pull the Pin, and that is on all known channels. So Spotify, iTunes, uh, it's on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, that's called Pull the Pin. And that's now a top 10 podcast in the UK. And we hope to make that uh, number one as well. So you can follow on that. And then we interview some great guests. And uh, we call it wall-to-wall -wall wisdom. It's quite lighthearted. So uh, your, awesome. your listeners can definitely follow us on those that platform as well. Definitely. Thank you so much. I truly enjoyed talking to you. And, Likewise. Um, thank you so much. We'll, maybe we'll talk soon. Thank you. <laughs> definitely. You have a great day. Thanks, Thanks for your listening. If you liked today's episode, would you please take a minute to rate and review my show? That would mean the world to me. And let me know if you have any questions in mind or something that you're struggling with so I can cover in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out. Let's accelerate your success together. And remember, success is not an accident. Success is a choice. See you next time.